Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. Oh my God, I'm here in my garage and yet sitting across, but in the same city, Sassy Moen. Welcome to the show, Sassy Moen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. It's spelled M-O-H-E-N, right? Yes, so that's correct. It's at Sassy Moen on the Instagram and Sassy Moen Films on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's weird that Facebook is, is somehow better than Twitter now because I'm back yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, it's yeah. gross. I'm with you anyway. on that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, and you have a new indie film that's at doing the circuit at festivals and it's yes. called How to Hack Birth Control. Mm -hmm. And if you go to sassymoen.com, mm -hmm. which will, all this will be in the notes, um, you can uh, check that out and that'll be swell. And weirdly enough, your uh, your dorkdom is indie films and female driven films. Yeah, crazy. And this type. Of, yeah. <laughs> turns out there's a we'll see a pattern. We'll see yeah. a pattern. So <laughs> you sent me like a short list, but I printed the long list. Oh, nice. I haven't seen I've seen almost none of these. Great. You'll be, yeah. So um, <laughs> I could pick. Why don't I pick one? I mean, the thing is, is there's 
some of them I aged out of like it being like a trans transcendental, like it was supposed to, ch- it probably changed your life when you saw some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And definitely. I uh, am a hundred. And so I had different, different movies that changed yeah. my life though. You do have some older ones here that uh, make me laugh. Um, what's the oldest one that, that you could think of is well, all about Eve old. Yes, but in this new list that the shorter yeah. one I sent you, um, I had a Lewis, Lois Weber film called Hypocrites from okay. uh, 1905, I think it is, 1915, I'm butchering the year. She's a female director. I actually, yeah. I actually just recently rediscovered, and it blew my mind because this woman was up there with, uh, you know, Cecil B. DeMille and all the big players of the 1910s and literally changed cinema and changed editing and the way we look at film and really yeah and she was phased out in the early 1920s because of the Hayes code because all the other thing I learned is that you know when cinema started it was seedy it was from vaudeville and it was act and you know all those signs on that you see like no actors in hotels in Los Angeles and so what there was a push to do is to bring more women to the cinema because they thought then that'll make it more upscale so they actually made a concerted effort to hire female directors, screenwriters, and editors during this time. And Lois Weber was one of them. And she actually was the first woman to run her own production company. She was making major feature films that had critical acclaim, made a ton of money, and spoke to a woman's voice. And then she was basically just axed from the industry in the early 1920s when that all shifted because cinema was doing well and it wasn't a wild west. And then the right. wanted, the wanted, wanted men, all the money and control. <laughs> right, right. We were like, oh, we thought this was going to be just a hobby. We right. want that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, fair but enough. But she's been like written out of the history books. And it was just so shocking to me because I remember seeing like, ugh, like Birth of a Nation and other of those right because you right. study film and right you see at all film these... school and you see yeah. yeah you see all these silent and and the way that even filmmaking was pre- presented to me as a younger person even through today was that it was started by men it was men's stories and men a male dominated in- industry and there's this whole point that's like that's left out that the seeds of this of which we live in were planted by women the yes the, the way that films are made were planted by women, you know? Right. So how did, so she, she came into it and had to much like the men turns out exactly like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, they had to invent these techniques and they had yeah. to use this new technology. Yeah. How did she do it? That affected their work. Do well, you know? Yeah. Oh, she or, was one yeah. of the first people to use, utilize the split screen to tell a story. And when you think about it in the early 1900s, that was like no small potato, right? Like they were, working with ancients i mean you were born then you said right like- <laughs> right right right. it was all of a sudden you had to shoot like two things of film and then you had to cut it in yeah half physically and splice it together yeah. and she did it and three of them which oh she did a, a three like triangle like a triangle so it was like two on the side and you know together it made the square and so literally yeah. so what people need to remember is that film is about an inch wide or right. 35 millimeter yeah. would be the 35 millimeter <laughs> how, how wide was it back in the in the first I mean, days i couldn't idea? answer that but i Fair i'm enough. assuming what, not that large <laughs> or thicker thicker than sure. it was but yeah. whatever it was she had to shoot three different scenes mm-hmm. and then she had to not just splice it like here's this seat like yeah. you do an eye movie right where you're like i'm gonna take this first scene and right. then i'm gonna add the next yeah. batch to it and then it'll do a crossfade for you i just learned how to use it you guys <laughs> anyway 
I've been I've been editing clips in my uh, photo app on the yeah, phone. Totally. I mean, uh, it's crazy. That I, you can even I do just that started. <laughs> right. I just started using iMovie going. Oh, this is easier. Yeah. Look at that. And uh, so, but she had to like split it lengthwise, like yeah. portrait. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, well, what she did is, so she took three different triangles of scenes and put them together. So, and there's like a little gap in the middle. So they made a square. So there's two top triangles here and a bottom one. And so there's three different scenes happening that were all the same scene, like a phone call, the other person right. on the phone and a burglar trying to break in and <laughs> tell, tell this story. And the other thing to your point, point is remembering how expensive film is and was at that time right especially right. when it first started when it's not being manufactured as much it's a new medium yeah. like what you was know, her name lois weber lois uh, weber yeah and she was uh, what was the name bitch, of that just that, that first that what's the name of that first hypocrites movie? hypocrites and what was it about? I mean, it, it's about what the titles, but it's about hypocrisy. And it's all about hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. About like the church and also about men and women and their dynamic. That was the other crazy thing is she was she even did a film about birth control and abortion that was mainstream. That was played in like this was before everyone was psyched. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so she just. And she ran this production company, which I think is just phenomenal, that was turning a profit and she was making the best deals. And then suddenly kind of overnight in the early 1920s, everything changed. And so she was written, like written out of Hollywood and she couldn't get a deal or a movie. And her, so she was totally, blacklisted. But totally. how did it does it are, is there a book that you read or is it just different articles or what? I mean, um, well, anecdotally, I, how did it come back to you? Yeah, uh, I am a dork for PBS. PBS is oh, there like you go. my homeboy yeah. <laughs> um, or homegirl. And they have this really cool series called Lost LA that um, okay. is about 30 minutes per episode. And they go into sort of hidden histories of Los Angeles that I find fascinating. And this one was about women in cinema. They also have crazy ones about, you know, early settling of Los Angeles with you know, Native Americans, and then also talking about like oh, various, wow. like sub towns, like Bunker Hill. They have a whole thing of what happened to Bunker Hill, and just about how different areas of Los Angeles sprung up, and how much it influences us today in a way that I didn't really appreciate until I discovered this this show. Right? Yeah, yeah. The the uh, it seems it seems like there's so much information that is lost and yet can be if you look mm -hmm. deep enough refound rediscovered totally. and totally. because everyone is supposedly looking for content not my <laughs> not my stand-up specials <laughs> oddly enough but uh they are indeed looking for content and they they can you you can get and more people have money, like people of color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's harder to hide things just yeah. because of how mm -hmm. much. I mean, it's easier to lie to people, but it's yeah. also harder to actually hide the truth if you look for it. And and we're all trained a little bit more how to sort of take like a lice comb and go, oh, that is <laughs> yeah. clearly spam. Yeah. That is yeah. clearly misinformation. Yeah. You are clearly have an agenda. And. And it's full of mis you know, and yeah. full of lies. So uh, that sounds fascinating. Lost LA on PBS. I am actually going to look that up, see if I can yeah, uh, I mean, stream that bad boy. I highly recommend it. I They have five or six seasons. They have a ton of, and all the episodes are so different too. 
you oh, know, that's so cool. and talking about like the gay community when how that first sprung up here and the stuff that they had to go through to get their rights and just it, it's it's fascinating. I can't. Recommend I have to say that uh, that I I own a uh, a sort of a a documentary called Out of the Closet, Out of the Cellular oh, yeah, Closet. Yeah, I think I know that. Huh, I'm going to Google it while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's uh, but it it was fascinating because it was a sort of the history of how homosexuality was depicted mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and it is funny because right now my mother-in-law lives with us and we watch a lot of british crime mysteries that's not her fault <laughs> uh that's on me uh but the what i have known because she is a gay lady mm-hmm. and she has been gay since back in the day like she mm-hmm. ground floor of uh, lesbianism and um so there's all of these shows and some of them were made in the last four or five years where it's evil lesbians who are the murder, (laughs) the murderers. Yeah. It's just like, or, or evil gay dudes. And uh, so out of the celluloid closet would uh, talked a lot about the depiction of homosexuality as, you know, as uh, mental illness, as, uh, as people that weren't that, uh, that, were either driven mad by society not accepting them or they yeah. were driven mad yeah. by the fact that they wanted to get with uh, another person with the same parts. It's kind of like I'm on, yeah. Downton Abbey tried to do that and then they realized they shouldn't. And then the gay person became an ally and a great character. And it's like, Aww. well, yeah, you should have done that to begin. But OK. Like, but well, the learn the learning curve is very <laughs> civilization is incredibly slow. It yeah. is, you know. Remember icebergs? Uh, that would be the analogy if we had any more icebergs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, okay, so that that movie Hypocrites is fantastic, and yeah. that sounds fascinating. So, yeah. um, it's a silent film, and it's, it's a, a silent film. It's available online. Okay. Watch. So most of her work is that's been found. Some of it's been lost forever, which is really sad. But that is know. that is sad. It's yeah. uh so female driven films. Yeah. And the the ones that sort of inspired you, Sassy Moen, who me. has her own <laughs> indie film coming. She's it's doing the circuit right now. How to hack birth control, sassymoen.com. Uh so um what's like literally you have your your faves clerks mm-hmm. which i never saw oh that's because a, that's i couldn't so i couldn't do it i tried okay. to watch it i was All like right. oh fair. these people are these people yeah it was it reminded me a lot there were a lot of sort of tongue in cheek dude movies mm-hmm. and it felt like a tongue in cheek dude movie which i have enjoyed many mm-hmm. movies that are that are male driven clerks was not one of them so who was that again well it's kevin smith and one kevin thing because i think that so first just to clarify for the audience that was first a list of just i think indie films and not female yes. films with clerks right but i will say with clerks and kevin smith's voice in general while i feel like you're totally right it is about dudes and their broiness as a woman i still felt relatability to them right it wasn't like completely ostracizing me or cutting me out from the conversation like so many films do to women <laughs> yes <laughs> you know? and i will i mean and the thing is is we're all trained 
women are, and I'm sure people of color are trained to look for the similarities yeah. in entertainment yeah. so that you can enjoy things. Yeah. Like if there are no, like the Lord of the Rings has <laughs> oh, two women in yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the books, right? right? And so, but I read it and I, when I was a kid, I would play this game called Imagination and mm-hmm. I had to create characters. I was like, well, Right. In Star Wars, there was princess. I don't want to be the princess. So clearly Han Solo had an old friend that was yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And totally. I was his friend. Yeah. And, uh, and or Star Trek. I, you know, sure, I was like, totally. I yeah, want to yeah. go on away trips and punch somebody in the nose. I, mean, I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I would look for the similarities and then add my own character on top of it. Totally. But it became amazing mm-hmm. when, and this is not, not that current, but it's probably the last 30 years where mm-hmm. there's a lot more women driven stuff. Yeah. You don't you don't have to call through everything to right. find it because there there is more diversity. And so there's more things to relate to. So clerks, I if I had seen it in my formative years, I probably would have been. Well, this is hilarious. I'm, yeah, because uh, also shitty day job who can't relate to that. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. the other the other thing that's inspiring to me about Clerks is knowing the story behind it. Um, it's a story that I, I can definitely relate to, which is Kevin yeah. Smith took out a bunch of credit cards and made a movie with them <laughs> and that launched his career. But what's so cool is he made it for twenty thousand dollars in this convenience store. And as an indie filmmaker watching that, especially when I was younger in high school, that was aspirational to me. Right. Because it's like what I started doing major kind of influenced by him and others is like when you you take your weaknesses and make them strengths right so if you can't pay first to blow up a car or go to outer space or wherever you want what are your strengths his was he had access to this little dingy corner store in new jersey and he had you know his friends help out like he knew how to play to his strengths and that's something so powerful because he didn't pretend to be someone he wasn't and that's also something that not every filmmaker has the guts to do. Right. So, right. And so he wrote, he wrote the story that had to be set in a place where he had access to. Right. Like, I think that was, um, did you ever see El Mariachi? The Rodriguez? uh, I don't think so. Uh, It was remade with um, who played Zorro in the re in the news. Oh, um, uh, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas did a remake of El Mariachi, but the El Mariachi was his student Uh, film. Yes, yes, yes. And I think his name is Rodriguez. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Robert Rodriguez and El Mariachi is in Spanish. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. uh, Mexican uh, filmmaker. And he, when he didn't have a shot, he uh, would take sort of a cutaway of his dog. Sure. Yeah. Sort of reacting to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And or in the case of his dog, not reacting to stuff. <laughs> and it was and it was kind of fascinating to. So the remake of it actually wasn't as fun. Right. As the original one. And then he also he had like one gun and it was a story about a guy, a mariachi singer who accidentally trades uh, guitar cases with a, a killer. Oh, okay. And the gun was in the guitar case. And, uh-huh. and oh, so he yeah, goes yeah. to a town and they think he's this mess. He thinks they yeah, think yeah. he's this killer. And so it is, you know, and then the only other, I don't see a lot of indie films. And I promise you, even though I am, uh, of course, 
now that you've mentioned them, thinking of nine indie films, but it was um, it was it was a, a set in L.A. and it was a it was a woman directed it, I think, and it was about one day in the life of a of a Mexican. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you talking? Are you talking about? Or are you talking about the one where all the Mexicans disappear from Los Angeles? Is that the one you're talking that's, about? That's it. Yeah, it was yeah. called One Day. Uh, yeah, uh, Day in the Life of I. Uh, I haven't seen it since it came. Like that was ten years ago or something, right? Easily, like, easily. I saw it at the. I saw it at the Dome. I saw it. At, uh, yeah, in Hollywood. So I mean, a day with a day without a Mexican. A day without a Mexican. Yeah, yeah. A very essentially a one joke premise right that they beat the hell out of yeah and it was a funny enough joke you know it was essentially all the mexicans right in they, california disappear done. one day yeah and then people have to raise their own children and, and wash their, their own, own cars lawns. yeah and yes. their own lawns. <laughs> yeah <laughs> heaven right. forbid heaven forbid <laughs> and there's one woman left over and yeah. uh, spoiler alert i don't I, w- I mean it is a, it is a fun movie the one of the most fascinating things about that movie because it was a it was clearly fiction mm-hmm. and um but it was peppered throughout it just uh stats yeah mm-hmm. and uh and it was just stats that i didn't know right and i'm willing to learn but again 10 years ago was i willing to learn yeah. sure right uh it turns out uh the learning curve got very fast about six years ago <laughs> and uh and the information overload of being a middle-aged white lady, uh, <laughs> essentially everyone was like, are you aware of the fishbowl that you live in? And I was like, <laughs> I am now, I am now. Let's, let's fix it. That's really so, funny. Right. So I think the power of, I mean, clearly like sassy moment, clearly your movie is about birth control yes. and feminism and yeah. sort of um, auto- having bodily autonomy. Right? Yeah, Be- yeah being able to make your own decisions whether they be regrettable or not yeah. are you kidding me i walked into any number of dudes cars because yeah. i was looking for another beer yeah and then i lived yeah uh, it's so- i mean yeah and even talking about the day in the life uh day without a mexican is birth control kind of takes similar tropes in the sense that it's a comedy i pitch it as it's as if samantha b and snl made a baby that watched a lot of tiktok so it's you know <laughs> it's satire it's sketches and it's also informative at the same time so in a way that you don't realize that you're learning the entire time that you're watching it because you're laughing so much and enjoying it but you're right. also learning about different options of birth control, where to get it, how to get it, what questions to ask, you know, how to ask the questions, things that women are not given or taught or even taught to think to ask, ask, you know, in the first place. It's literally the things we are taught are just don't be a burden. (laughs) And so it seems I, my mother-in-law for 77, (laughs) she has spent 77 years not being a burden and now she has to ask for help and she, it could, it's tearing her apart quite honestly. And I'm like, slow your roll, Chris. You're great. You've earned it. You know, I can, it's not going to, Right. It's not going to kill me to go get you lunch. Uh, yeah, it's going to all work out. Yeah. But, but I get it because I I see my future if I don't think about it. Because we yeah. all have to learn how to ask for help. Right. We have to know what questions to ask if we want to get 
services. And, and, and so the confidence to ask those questions. I think that's another thing that women are not given outright because so much of our perspective in life is like, we are the burden. We are the yeah. problem. We have to be second to our husbands or our fathers or brothers in their careers right. and their hopes and dreams and support them, which comes with an inherent guilt. So when you're asking for something, you're like, do I, des- I don't deserve this. And the, right. the spoiler, you do, you do, you do. It. <laughs> and the poor bastards that are men were raised with the reason we feel that is because they yeah. were raised with, you're supposed to take care of her. You're supposed right. to buy everything. You're supposed to find the money and make sure that you're there for absolutely all of her needs. When in fact, and, and so they, you know, they, a lot of them are resentful of it. A lot totally. of them just feel that burden right. all the time. And that burden bleeds onto us. And you're yeah. just like, how about we're all individuals and yeah. it's a partnership and it's a team and you do what you're good at. I'll do what I'm good at. And if I need help, we, I mean, yeah. I think I used to do a bit about how Andy, I literally burst into tears and I was like, I feel like I'm a burden. And Andy laughed in my face (laughs) and it couldn't have been more. I couldn't have been a smarter way to deal with it too, because he just went, I think that's the definition of of marriage. We're a burden (laughs) on each other. That's the deal. Yeah. And then, and then he made up a very boring game that we've never played again, which was, he was like, here's a, here's a game idea. Uh, I get a, every time you think you're being a burden on me, give me a dollar. And every time I think I'm being a burden on you, I'll give you a dollar. And yeah. I promise you, we will never need another dollar. We will just trade that dollar yeah, back yeah. and forth. And I'm like, well, that is adorable, but that game does not sound. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, well, that is a prototype and we right. would have to play test <laughs> yeah. it and, and make it more pending. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's so interesting that, that, you know, because you can use anything. Right. For, you could use whatever power you have for good or ill and yeah. to educate or to miseducate. Yeah. To, 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 and so it's kind of, so what are these female women driven films? Uh, there were some crossovers. I yeah. see run Lola run. Oh my God. That's my favorite movie of all time. Is it? I've yeah. never seen it. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you would like it or not, but is that it was, German. It is German. And it's, I mean, for me, it's one of the reasons that I became a filmmaker seeing that movie when I was, uh, I think in high school, I, I, you know, there's, I spent, you know, I was directing before that directing plays and TV production. But one of the problems was, is that, you know, to your point, there weren't a lot of movies I could watch where I saw myself reflected in them, you know, because in the nineties, so many of the movies that it was about a woman, she cho- had to give up her career to fall in love or, you know, or otherwise she becomes like, you know, uh, an old maid and no one likes her or she's and stupid. very strident. And I bet you she's or pushy as <laughs> right, all hell. Right. Yeah. Totally pushy. And like, or she's really dumb or, you know, like there weren't really the females that I wanted to see and run Lola run came on the scene. And it, not only is she a strong woman, but she's deeply flawed, but in a likable way, just like, guess what? Every other woman that exists, <laughs> you know, right. And people, it turns yeah, out. just like humans, yeah. we're yes. all flawed in some way and go through personal turmoil, you know, <laughs> who knew? And so, and this movie was so cool. The music is awesome. And it's explores this um, dramatic event that happens to her and it's three different outcomes. So she decides, decides to solve it three different ways, but also her actions are affected by the random strangers she runs into. But because she makes a different decision in the beginning, it then 
changes everything because she runs in these people at different times. And so, and it's actually like a predecessor. Oh, I have seen this movie. Have you? (laughs) (laughs) And I enjoyed it. Yeah. As like a predecessor to Sliding Doors or Memento or those types of films that talk about like, you know, the, the paths not taken. And I just thought it was such a cool film, the way it was shot and edited, that it really inspired me to that I had. It was something first time I saw a movie that I was like, I want to make that movie. So that made me okay. know that I had a place in the industry because at least one person got to make right. a story like I because it was to. interesting enough, and it was right. and it was def and it was and it was full of sort of, of like decisions and information yeah. and people people's lives, right? Yeah, but it wasn't sad sack. It yeah. wasn't. It was interesting enough that it wasn't like because sometimes there's th- there's these dramas that that. <laughs> Right, right. And they and they feel like like they're made for women. And you're like, yeah, plank, plank, plank. I'm gonna fucking kill myself with that guitar string. Right. So um, but you have on here like so many um yeah, so many uh, up my list that I sent you originally. (laughs) Right, right. The biggest list of the world. Like Working Girl, that's a that's a movie. My my, I love that movie. It it really is, you know, it really that's you know, the woman boss is a caricature, but the way they I mean they kind of made it that she was a, a terrible woman, but the other women in the movie are good. It, it felt reflective of the, the career experience I felt before the Me Too movement, where it was sort of it was way more cutthroat in a sense where the way that society positioned it is that there's a spot for one woman. Right. You were you got the one spot. And if you got it, you had to hold on to it because every other woman was a threat because there's only one. And then the right. Me Too movement happened. And suddenly all the women realized that not only did we have the same experience, but that we're all in this together. And if we all just help each other out, then there's more than one spot available because we'll make sure that happens. And so, right. while I think that you're right, like Sigourney's Weaver, Sigourney Weaver in that film is, I mean, she's a bitch. <laughs> like, right. you know, she's just a she's jackass, just, a of just an epic <laughs> yeah. asshole. Yeah. But she's not like, over she still has sort of moments where you understand why she's doing the things she does and how she got to that point in a way that uh i could understand because it's like the ultimate obstacle right this woman the lead character she's going to school she's trying to make it in business everything is against her her socioeconomic background and then she finally gets an opportunity and who's that preventing her a woman which is very interesting and can can and has definitely happened so right you know it's just, oh my gosh it's yeah. so totally right. bamford used to have a joke about women women bosses <laughs> and uh it was a very funny bit um but you know what i was thinking of is that the difference between working girl which i think was made in the 80s yeah 89. and the devil wears prada yeah and yeah. um though the devil wears prada is such i mean working girl at least was one movie the Devil Wears Prada has always felt like two movies to me. The one yeah. that Meryl Streep is in and the one that everyone else is in. I was going to say, the one that uh, Danny Tucci's in. <laughs> I don't even get why. She's in this, she's in, like, she's having a midlife crisis and she's a very powerful person. Right. And, um, and that, the, uh, what I mean, is her name? Uh, yeah. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, who was also, did you ever see Colossal? 
No, I didn't. Anne Hathaway wanted to be in a monster movie <laughs> and, and no one would ever book her. That's funny. So she executive produced uh, Colossal and Colossal is you would actually like it. It has. I'll, a, to, I'll put it on my list, actually. Right. Because it has an indie vibe. Yeah. And uh, in the fact that it's a weird little fucking movie is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And uh, which is kind, kind of the best way to describe some movies where you're yeah. like, because I like a weird big isn't always bad. Like weird no. isn't always bad. I was just saying especially a fiance about jazz last night. I was like, people think jazz is weird. It is, but I fucking love it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's a, and see, I like a blockbuster and I sure. also enjoy big band. There so, you go. uh, so it's not that I can't listen to jazz and I can't see a weird little movie, mm-hmm. but I tend, I, uh, uh, pretty much uh woman of the people over here. Sure. I'm not, but it's, I, I can be taught. So maybe I'll like jazz one day, but, yeah. uh, Okay, hilariously, hidden figures is on this. <laughs> yeah. Was this this I do a joke about how uh what you know that nobody wants to hear what I've learned from hidden figures. <laughs> I would love to hear what you learned from hidden figures. Well, I uh, it, I didn't learn that much. I knew that there were uh women that uh, affected right. the space race and I right. assumed that there were black women who did or people of color. Yeah. And uh but I did like the fact that there was a depiction of that so that I could yeah. uh so that I could be reminded and so because racism and sexism, all your isms. Yeah. Uh you deal with them and then all of a sudden huge reveal there's more right there oh my god there's another skin cancer lesion right there and you're like oh okay i guess i'm also a dick about this topic right and uh, so uh but yeah so it goes what uh what i've done here so i've ticked off the you can pick any of them working girl black panther hidden figures mad max fury road is a movie that i fucking love yeah clueless thelma and louise Classics. his girl friday all about Eve and Amelie. Mm-hmm. Amelie is Andy's favorite movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, a great film. I That was another one that when I was younger that also inspired me. Uh, I don't think I would make that type of movie now, but it really rang true to my, uh, you know, young teen self of right. like, that it was, was a super char- appealing. Yeah. yeah super. You're yeah. just like, oh, I kind of want to be her. Yeah. She seems, it's like I saw um, Audrey Hepburn, Tiffany, Breakfast, yeah, at, Breakfast Tiffany's. at Tiffany's. Yeah, yeah. So when I first saw that, I was like, she's amazing. Yeah, and me then, too, totally. And then you think and, about it later in life. You're like, and you're mm. like, you're a dick. <laughs> you are a mess of a you're human so being. Mean to your cat. You're mean to your cat. <laughs> you're mean to your a possible boyfriend right. you're using these dudes as stepping stones Plus and it's got, exhausting face and, and asian face with mickey rooney with the oh woof didn't oh, age that. That did not age there. well at all <laughs> and never will never will oh my god it's blackface and holiday end time it's not great it's, uh, yeah but, but it also i find all that i mean i just find everything right right funny because it's just like this is insane this is so how can you not laugh at how terrible this is right it's it's literally it's like watching an iceberg melt yes to learn this kind of thing Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah so his girl friday used to be one of my very favorites yeah and and it is also troublesome but Mm -hmm. um but it is every time there's a movie yeah so 
But tell me, tell I me mean, your other favorites that were I on mean, the it's list. just I'm, like with his girl Friday, same thing. You watch it now and definitely a lot of stuff you're like, pulling your like necktie <laughs> a little bit like that. But like the thing is, is thinking about in the context of the times. So his girl Friday, I think that's like 33 or four or five, somewhere around the 1930s, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mid yeah. mid 30s. Yeah. So sure. we're talking then say 10, 15 years after Lo- Lois Weber gets kicked off the game, right? And so you've had men doing this and now suddenly you've got Catherine Hepburn who has a job who's fast talking who's kind of smart and kind of like well, here uh, uh, his girl Friday is uh is oh, the sorry other one. oh sorry uh, whichever uh, one of yeah. the other one yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> my the, bad what one of the three people yeah that's that, uh, always in those movies right and, and the weird movies. thing is is I just saw a movie Rosalind Russell is that what I'm thinking oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it is Rosalind Russell oh and- his goes Friday 1940 you know I was mixing it up with the other one um uh, it happened one night it probably Catherine Hepburn and oh Harry. uh oh a Philadelphia story or yeah um, yeah 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 yeah, Philadelphia story. I think that's what I was thinking of. Or no, bringing up baby. Sorry, that's bringing what up I was baby. thinking. Those type. I mean, but they're all kind of the same. It's the same formula, redoctored, right. repurposed every time. But yeah. again, to still the same point though is like what who the women were in these films was still breakthrough for the time, and while not the best, maybe necessary to then get to the next step. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it it is um. It is so interesting to me. I was just thinking about the Ro- Rosalind Russell. Uh, she did these screwball comedies. Yeah. Um, that were, because Bring It Baby, very much a screwball comedy. Mm-hmm. But Rosalind Russell's, it was physical work mm-hmm. where she literally, she reminds me of sort of like Sandra Bullock or um, Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where she's pulling people through windows and she's like there. I just saw this ridiculous um, uh, slapstick comedy and it was hard of the depression. Right. Sure. Yeah. So they were willing to employ women. Right. And they were willing to they were willing to do all these things. And so it's it's based on a play that that came out something like nine months earlier yeah. and in new york and then rosalind russell is doing a movie of mm-hmm. it yeah and um and she it's it's about them living in the basement and wanting to sort of make it in new york <laughs> and it's two and it's about how two working with their sisters mm-hmm. and they're like sh- the the pretty one's gonna be an actress and mm-hmm. rosalind russell I guess it was not the pretty one uh <laughs> she's going to be a writer mm-hmm. and um and so she uh, wants to write for magazines, but they get this apartment in the basement. It's uh, it reminds me of Clerks because it looks like they had yeah, one yeah, place to totally. shoot. Yeah, and I mean, that's were, probably what they did. Yeah, and so there's no glass on the window mm-hmm. in 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 apartments in New York in the right. in the teens and twenties. Uh, it's why they were so cheap. And back when there were horses, all of the when it would yeah, rain, it would come in. Yeah, to, yeah, just. Yeah and disgusting mm-hmm. but at one point the rosalind russell uh she's doing it's a conga line with supposedly uh the portuguese merchant marine <laughs> and I, I was like this is the dumbest fucking movie and yet i watched it and i was like a uh, compelling narrative for me i'm in yeah uh, i mean but to the, also with rosalind russell you made me think of another movie that she's in the women which is a movie that i actually loathe <laughs> I recently it's... rewatched it um, with my fiance and he hadn't seen it. I think we watched it like a year or two ago. And 
I mean, it was supposed to be progressive. That's how it was marketed, right? Only right. starring women, written right. and directed by a man, and all the crew were men. But sure, it was progressive. But the whole premise of the plot is this husband cheats on his wife, and then she needs to win him back. And yep. so, and it's about how even though he's done all these terrible things. She doesn't want to be divorced. And so all the hoops she has to jump through to get him back. That's the right. whole premise of it. And it's just, it's disgusting. And then of course they have right. the, the few uh, black Talk people. Talk about the haze a, code. Yeah, stereotypical. Right? And then my favorite part is the asbestos snow raining down on people with the label asbestos <laughs> on it. Like, you know, and you're like, have cancer. Like, you know, yes. all that yes. stuff. Really sums up the entire film. <laughs> right, exactly. And yeah. so, you know, but it's like those types of movies come out, but then you have the, the few that, that make it through, this isn't female, but I think about idiocracy a lot, you know, how that sort of slipped through Fox's radar and cracked. Somehow it got made and it was just making fun of them, you know, and right. The, the whole, terrible, the terrible yeah. things they're doing. And so you can still make these movies and get, get them out there, you know, you can. And, and, and yet things like the women, like, did you ever see? And of course, I think everyone has, uh, if not on cable, you've got mail. <laughs> yeah. You've got mail is such, he's such a liar. Yeah. He's stalking her and it's yeah. so gross. Yeah. And they're incredibly likable actors and they yeah. make, they make lemonade. Sure. But if you were to put anybody else in that movie, yeah. Let's, you know, if, if it would have been like, I don't know, TJ Miller and Margot Robbie. <laughs> It would, you know, it would be it's like you oh, cast God. that with people who can be assholes, <laughs> right? Or can play assholes, right? I, Margot Robbie is not an asshole, no, she's not. Uh, and I TJ just... Miller is so broken, yeah. it's hard for him to stand up. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, the uh, you know, I mean, it'd be like I'm trying to think, Jeff Ross and Roseanne, there you go, <laughs> perfect. It's, uh, perfect there Pitch you that go to the studio they'll buy it right up uh, oh my God, they <laughs> really will and- yeah i mean that's the thing is there there's so many movies now that you watch and you're just like oh like that didn't that didn't age well at all and stuff you got males definitely it's it's that's one of them for sure uh that you watch now and you're just like how did i ever think this was good but weirdly <laughs> enough clueless did did not yeah i mean does it not well. yeah does it yeah well. age yeah. as well like they did not suffer any of that and because it was so unapologetically exactly yeah female and that's the other thing too about like directors like kevin smith or uh, i'm blanking on the name the director of clueless she's amazing she also did fast Times oh did she i'm 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 just i'm like before words yeah. come out of my mouth even though it already oh did. that's fine people <laughs> yell at their this yeah. the dark forest is full of people who yell at their yeah phones. she did do fast times original original high and she did and look who's talking what is, oh what's her name uh a- amy heckerling oh yeah, I know that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm in the part of show business that can, can I can occasionally remember yeah. a name. But it, it's so. like, again, it's it's her style, the unapologetic style of people who aren't caving to the wants and needs of the studio system or different producers. I mean, I've had it said to me before, especially with my earlier work and pitch meetings I've had with producers where they're like, that's a great idea, but it's about a woman. So no one's going to watch it. So it needs to be about a guy or, you know, that there, we need more men in this, or the woman needs to be less strong and that type of stuff. And then you have clueless that comes out, which 
totally just changes the game. Yeah. With, with the way women are represented and also just youth culture in general. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that even watching it now, that scene when uh, what's her face? She gets on the freeway, she's learning to drive, and they're all starts screaming. Um, like, she, <laughs> they're like, I'm accidentally, ah! they're just on the California freeway and don't know what to do. I mean, I feel like that's sort of relatable still today. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Was Paul Rudd in that? Was yes, that Paul he was. Rudd? And he looks just Looking the same as exactly he does now. the same. It's very weird. <laughs> Though there was a scene at the end of the newest Ant Man where he looked like he was in his 50s. Oh, okay. It was they just actually... at the very, I think it was the stinger. They must not have had the yeah. filter on. And so <laughs> they forgot on like the last shots to put the, the, the GFX like, filter on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I wonder if that's like in his contract. I probably is like must have X, Y, and Z. Uh, if I were him, yeah. I would definitely. Sure. Notice that with Jennifer um, Aniston's movies now too. Yeah. She's Perfect not wrong. Skin. Perfect. Might skin. as well. It's a, on the zoom thing you can just move it all the way over till i almost yeah. don't have a nose and uh yeah but so aliens is yes. on here yeah and that one's kind of new it's not new that's also from the 80s, 80s. yeah <laughs> you know and it's also kind of like conf- uh conflicting for me it's like that film because i have a very i have opinions of, of james cameron that have developed uh, more recently, the, my biggest opinion of him is that his wife divorced him and immediately won an Oscar for best director. And to oh. me, that tells me everything I need to know about a man that yeah. she leaves He's him not... and then flourishes. And then she can get, yeah. Yeah. And that she was, isn't... you know, and like she, it's been said that she often was what was his, you know, backbone, his, that's, that's how he got to where he was. It's called a muse. Yeah. Sassy Moen, a muse, <laughs> when she does all the work for right, him. Right, exactly. Yes. And so, but, you know, he does have progressive female characters, like even Titanic, you know, watching that as a kid and seeing Rose and like that she was, she was strong and she stood up for herself and, you know, goodbye. And she Billy let that Zane. guy die. Yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. let that guy die. She was like, like bye Jack. <laughs> bye Jack. That, that door looked big enough to hold two Right. People. Exactly. But it I wasn't. I will stand so. by that. But I clearly not. Yeah. It and is. so, you know, like aliens, I mean, and she saves the cat, you know, so yeah. that, you gotta love that. <laughs> and just like, you know, just seeing her be badass is, Oh, God, it's just inspiring to me. I watched it the really is. Yeah. Missed the last I, Avatar, though. I can't. We have like 15 minutes left. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. I've got, I've, I could have you back to talk about at I'm least three to. more movies. <laughs> and, uh, so what what are the ones you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, we've covered most of them. This is great. Well, because I Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. made me so happy. Yeah. I mean, you that's know? another one that's just oh, God. Charlize Theron. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is I didn't recognize her. And then I yeah. saw on the back of a, an airplane seat, I saw the long shot <laughs> where I was so mad at Seth Rogen, I think it is. Sure. In the long yeah, shot. I think so. I was like, did he just trophy wife himself a movie? You, because. I was going to say, you know, what's also so interesting about that film is, and again, I'm going to like butcher the story. A woman edited it. And Mad Max? T- yes. Okay. And that is also one thing that has been said of why it was done so well, because she had a sensibility about how, instead of like 
editing it for like, you know, like the violence, she was able to tell a more uh, full picture uh, because of the way that she views things. Because Max, name escaping me, Mad Max himself, we walked out of that movie and Andy said to me, did he have an under five? (laughs) He literally had Tom Hardy Hardy had like Mm -hmm. 30 lines in the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that I mean, that's the thing is that what I think is so great now about the film industry is that it's finally opening up to more um, more viewpoints. And and, you know, I I don't want it to be misconstrued that I think women should run everything, although I do agree with (laughs) better for men too yeah rbg's quote where they're like how many women is enough for the supreme court and she's like nine you know but but (laughs) to have yeah right (laughs) sure 15 (laughs) we'll throw out numbers um that like to have different viewpoints just makes a better project you can have a man directing it a woman producing it you know this minority person doing this this gay person doing this and this non-binary and then you put all of that together in a soup and it's just delicious because yeah it's so different and new and finally hollywood has understood that even like their top grossing films have female leads and minority players and it's like so um are you surprised? No, because guess what? There's more than straight white men that go to the movies. Who knew? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, and and there's a lot of like Kilm- Lori Kilmartin has been talking about how many packs of young men she's seeing in the audience because <laughs> uh, of, st- of stand up shows. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 because there are traditionally it was sort of a date night thing. Yeah. And the women would sit through. And when I would get on stage, they'd be like, oh, my God. Thank God. Yeah. And um, yeah, but it would be again, looking for the similarities, looking right. for reasons to laugh at a lot of straight white dudes in a right. row. Right. And, and I remember Louis Lee is guy who owns my home club. He is Chinese. He is from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he likes to book a lot of different. He's like, everyone has money, Jackie. And I want it all. uh, it's really the best line no it's i mean that's a perfect way to encompass it like why would you shut yourself off from all of that money that that's a dumb decision i thought you were a capitalist yeah exactly i I thought this was something you enjoyed totally yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i agree with that completely i mean yeah it's 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 really great to even just hear stories like that and just to know how much things have changed. There's so much work still to be done. Of course. But, you know, now at least I can actually pitch movies about women and get investing and, you know, investments in my films and people take me seriously. And, you know, it definitely wasn't like that 15 years ago when I first started this. And like, you know, I was just talking to someone how my first feature film that I did in college, you know, we made it our money back. We got distribution we toured in indie uh, theaters across the country and everyone got jobs in the industry afterwards. All the men got great apprenticeships, got great assistant jobs and have since won Oscars, are producing major TV shows and movies. And I got a job at a production company as a receptionist. That's what it got. The, yeah. the, the interviews that I could get were all for like bottom tier assistant receptionist jobs and I I even found out later that the company that hired me hired me because the co-owners thought they liked my indie look and they thought it'd be cute if the receptionist also made movies and that's why they hired me and so it's just like you know yeah yeah exactly like (laughs) stuff like that that definitely used to happen to me doesn't Mm -hmm. happen to me now I mean 
And that's so, great. yeah, it, but, and it's changed and it needs more needs to be done, but it, it does make me happy to know that like 21 year olds coming out of college, maybe will get a better job than I right. did now right. and not because, have to deal with the crap as right, much. Cause, right. Cause you can show them your product and you're like, no, this means that I don't have to be the receptionist. Right. Yeah, you exactly. Could have me be an apprentice. Yeah. And make shitty money that way. Yeah. Initially. That'd be great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll take the same day. salary. I just want a better right. job. Right. Back right. Then. I just want Seriously. a little more hope. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you pay I've me always, hope? <laughs> right. I, it's, it's sort of it, it's like I watch uh, like Bob Odenkirk. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Made, some things just infuriate me mm-hmm. about like the options that some dudes get that mm-hmm. that women comics don't get. But I also I also know that using up brain space to be mad at yeah. Bob Odenkirk isn't going to do or Mark nope. Marin isn't going to fix it. And it's going to set my energy. I'm not mm-hmm. even I'm not going to get to do Jack. Yeah. But because I when he did that action uh, movie last year. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. No, I didn't see it. I didn't need to I saw see the it billboards it, all around town. Gotta, you know what? Like, punch the I face get it. Right or something. Right. Yeah. You're just thing? like, mm. it reminds <laughs> me of my father. <laughs> my father told me a couple Any of a uh, <laughs> couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago that uh that he was once carjacked. He's 86 and oh, he was carjacked about geez. 10 years ago when he was 75. What? In Milwaukee at a stop sign, at a stoplight. A guy opened the car door, pulled him out, threw him on the ground. My dad stood up, punched him four times. And then that guy drove away with his uh, Lincoln Town car. Now it was a 92. And uh, my brother Russ did indeed make fun of him and say, why? It's a $900 Lincoln Town Car Day. Uh, what was your person there? Because uh, my brother Russ could be a dick, and uh, mm-hmm. and my dad goes it was a matter of principle. And I have this <laughs> to say: uh, I punched him four times. It didn't matter. But ten years ago, when I was sixty-five, two punches, I would still have that night. <laughs> and, and then my brother Russ said, "Let's get you a new Lincoln Town Car." And when my brother Russ says new, he means a ninety-nine. Right there, you okay, go. So, uh, <laughs> but the but the thing it's like I think about. Um, like, because the movie I've always, because I, I would be an amazing, like if I've always wanted to be like me and anybody, quite honestly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, initially, I think when I was first doing it it was Queen Latifah and then it was Mm -hmm. Wanda Sykes. Mm -hmm. And now I just want my friend, Aaron Jackson. (laughs) Anyway, but, uh, but it would just be, we would work at Target. Yeah. And, uh, and then bad guys would crash into Target. They would be like uh, terrorists running from the cops and they would take us hostage, the closing crew. And we would be in our red suits, yeah, yeah. Our, our red, you know, our red shirts. Yeah. And uh, uh, me and Aaron Jackson would then home alone, take like like fight the terrorists back using plastic. Uh, uh, I want to see that movie. Can I, who doesn't want to see that movie? There could be a, a love interest. Aaron could fall in love totally. with the pharmacist. Totally. This could be how she saves him. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and at one point I want to have a Nerf gun and I want to just go hard target. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to have like throw in, you know, like a baby or something. You got to save a child. It has to be a, a baby. A, a dog, dog, you know. Oh whatever. my God! Somebody brought their service animal. Yeah, why yeah. Would, why the, wouldn't the there blind be a person? You need to save the blind person and the dog. Did you ever see Homeward Bound? It but, would be like yeah. Shadow coming over the hill. 
when Shadow came over <laughs> oh the hill at God. the end. <laughs> oh. That came out, I think it was like 92 or 93. I was like six. And you were I a cried. baby. Yeah, I oh, cried. yeah. I sobbed cried. like a baby. And yeah. I was babysitting my niece, who was four at the time. <laughs> and she came over because she had the VHS. So it might have been like 90s, yeah. whatever it was, 90, 95 or 96. Yes, so she whatever. came over. She was like three or four years old. She goes, it's okay. He's coming. He's co-. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She touched my little baby. There's nothing like yeah. a toddler hand. Yeah. A toddler hand it's, it's reassuring okay. you. A little tiny. <laughs> All right. We're going to go over because okay. I just uh, took five minutes of your time. Uh. <laughs> it's always a side where I'm like, no, I want to talk about this. But this is okay. I'm always so, down to talk about these. What awesome else you things. got? What else? Uh, you got? Movies. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would talk about, I'm talking about like out of this list was worth talking about. Pieces of April was one that I really loved with, um, what's her face? The one who was Katie Holmes. I was the one who okay. was a Scientologist. Who was <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> she got out. Yeah. Uh, pieces of April was another one that I love that also is another type of, uh, filmmaking that is near and dear to my heart, which is sort of like fake documentary not mockumentary but the style of it kind of like succession is is shot right now like kind of you know the camera moves sort of behind the action in a way and okay. that you know that movie was about you know a, a family and this troubled daughter and the mom's dying of cancer and it's that that one is uh incredibly moving and also it was done uh, i think like 2009 or 7 or something like that and that kind of goes into um 2003 Oh, geez. Wow. Even yeah. before that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense of why I would love it because I started film school in 2004. So it's oh, like, oh, there, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Well, a lot of these movies are like the early 2000s that helped, you know, or the 90s that helped shape who I became as a filmmaker. But like that and even me and you and everyone we know is another one because that one was also made by a woman. And that was one of the first female directed films that I remember coming out that like made a profit, made a difference and was finally something I could turn to and be like, see, I can do it because of this one, right? Well, Whether or not you love it or not, it, there it I, is. I am so sorry. It says that it was directed by a dude. Oh, Peter was Hedges. it? I thought it was, oh shit. Wasn't it written by a woman? Maybe it was written by Maybe. a woman. I'm, was, I'm messing uh, up. I would like to IMDB this. Oh, it's on yeah. HBO Max, you guys. Pieces of yeah. April. Oh, I know. Oh. I was talking. No, I'm talking about me and you and everyone we know. That was directed oh. by Miranda <laughs> July. Pieces of April oh, okay. was just another. Uh, you were. About, I was about to be like, wait, is my entire existence wrong? <laughs> right, exactly. Did I go to? <laughs> did I go to film school for the wrong right. movie? Yeah, no. Me and you and everyone we know is definitely directed by this indie and everyone. July. Everyone we know. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it was about uh, cancer, the pieces of April. Yes, yes. That so, was about the family and the troubled daughter and uh, wedding. Yeah, Miranda and- July. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is- she did me and you, everyone we know. Okay, and she was in it. Yeah, that's that's another thing, too, is that, you know, she wrote, directed, like, because that was breaking boundaries. I remember when I first started, I was told, like, just say you're a director, because if you say the rest of it, it's going to be too much you know, too like, much. It's too much. Like, Ugh. you know, men can have all that, but women, we have to be director or writer. But now, now at least the multi hyphenate is appreciated and accepted. 
uh, which is I, it is confusing to me by why why it wouldn't be in the first place because it's such an asset as a director to know how to produce to know how to write to you know yeah it yeah just like you have product. more to bring to yeah it. exactly yeah. and even just a way of communicating with your coworkers if you're not writing something but you are a writer you know how to talk the language to the person yes you know and so. yeah and you know what not to do. Like there's, cause <laughs> yeah. there's real, cause there's yeah. real yeah. like sort of inside baseball kind of weird boundaries, you yeah, know? Definitely. And, um, and, and if you don't cross them or if you, you acknowledge them, people are excited that, yeah. uh, that they're yeah. not, yeah. they feel, they feel seen, they feel, definitely. and that's literally, I think what, what all of this sort of, uh, the, the film, the film's are doing for us is yeah. That, uh, yeah i mean we all look for ourselves in these movies because uh, one thing as i really like joseph campbell if you know who he is he, you know there's a theology author yeah author perfect yeah and um uh he talks about how you know the the quest of the the hero's quest and this yeah. uni- the universal theme that humans for thousands and thousands of years have told these stories because it's a story of telling us passing on to us, how we can overcome obstacles, how we can win happiness. That's, that's the point of a movie is you watch a, a hero in quotes, struggle, lose everything and overcome insurmountable odds to obtain their goal, their happiness. And yeah. the more that we can see ourselves in these characters, I think the stronger we'll just be in general. Yeah. For sure. And, <laughs> and, and dudes, and I, and that's true for men too. Yeah, you know, like no, there are definitely. different kinds of the expectations that are put on all different kinds of people, Yeah, absolutely. you know, can make you burst into tears when you meet one of these guys or, yeah. you know, when I think about how like 14 year old black children don't get to be children. Right. You know, yeah. you, you never get to be a dicky teenager, right? Someone so will afraid. kill yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, I don't want you to be a dicky child right. person, yeah. but it's sad. It's super sad to me that you don't get to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And cause I wouldn't have to tolerate it. Your parents would. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> I would like, oh, I to, love that. I'd like that to be available. Yeah. So uh, Thelma and Louise, oh, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Love. I mean, these, uh, like I could talk about all of these movies for hours. I know we only got like two minutes left. Right. I mean, Thelma I and Louise is just kind of, freaking love that movie but also it's funny it's like that's directed by a man but it is such a a a a breakthrough female story because you know for the first time you're really exposing the female experience and what it's like to be constantly hounded by men and everywhere you turn which is just like you know that thing you know you're walking down the street smile you know, yeah. like that, yeah. like, you know, even when I was younger, like guys honking at you when you're walking a sidewalk, you're like 13 years old. Like, what do you even do with that? You know, like, right. how is right. that? How, how is, how am I supposed to receive that? You know, <laughs> besides like, I hope they don't hit me, you know, right. like, right, right. Like, that, that's why every <laughs> 10 year old I know is a, they, they, them <laughs> yeah. because they'd yeah. like to be like, please don't th- look at me as a sexual person. Yeah. That, and that's the draw of it. Right. Yeah. And then, and then I remember in Tina Fey's book, she was at some sort of, um, it was a, it was a daytime seminary thing mm-hmm. with all women. And the, the woman in charge asked, when did you first know that you were a woman? You know, like it wasn't, they didn't take you out to dinner and buy you earrings, right? It wasn't when you were 13 and it was your bet mitzvah, yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. was, 
she said almost every woman had the same kind of story, which was, well, I was about 12 years old and I was walking down the street and then yeah. some 35 year old guy hit on me. Mm. And uh, okay. it was like, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just foul. It's and gross. so the fact that that could be all just sort of alerted. Yeah. Just heads up. Yeah. And there's Louise a reason is, why. Women, know, yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. Their power. I mean, that's what in the end, you know, like not to promote suicide or anything like that, <laughs> but they take their lives into their own hands. You know, they're like, screw you guys. And they yeah. just they take they don't want the consequences of these because it's all unjustifiable to begin with, except for other stuff they do later when they've, you know, decided to to, <laughs> to blow up trucks and right, right. block they cops just, and trying trunks of cars. Right. It's it, it's it's the way Title Nine didn't go. You know, I mean, there was like there was an option for for women's rights. And yeah. we decided to go in a volleyball direction <laughs> instead of a serial killer mass murderer. direction. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's I, I still think it's incredibly empowering because now you can look at it and think, you know, the whole point is, you know, she she gets raped or almost raped and then they're too afraid to go to the cops because of the point Susan's her enemies, which are all totally valid from a woman's perspective. Like they saw you dancing. They saw you drinking. They saw yep. you all over him. Who are they going to believe? And yeah. so then they make these decisions based on that. And I, that's something that, again, to your point, every woman, I think, can relate to. Who are they yeah. going to believe? Because, you know, right. your experience and then someone's like, is that really what happened? Why were are you, you there? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Sometimes women make regrettable decisions and then they want to blame it on someone else. I, there was a one of the younger comics. I, for the love of God, I cannot remember her name, but she did a bit about being raped. Yeah. And how she went and told the cops and the cops were like, are you sure that's what happened? That you sometimes you regret something. And she's like, I didn't buy Nickelback <laughs> ticket. <laughs> I didn't want to have sex with this guy. And he ripped my clothes. Is that something? And then and then she ended it with the greatest sort of point. It was it was it was a microchasm. It was probably a, a two and a half minute bit. Right. Yeah. We were all very uncomfortable, but she ended it with the perfect button where she said that the clothes that she was wearing when she was attacked were in her, her, her bedroom in the mm -hmm. corner. She couldn't, she took them off. She threw them right. in the corner, couldn't touch them. Two weeks later, she comes to this incredibly human, resilient woman point of view where she was like, those are the pants that make my ass look the best. <laughs> And he has already taken my dignity and he's yeah. taken all of these things. He doesn't get those pants. Those <laughs> pants are mine. And it was a laugh line. Yeah. And it was funny. And yeah. I was like, sister, you yeah. took took back the night, lady. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Just so, make, you know, make whatever you can. That's, that's, I mean, it's very powerful for sure. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty, and it was, and it was yeah. funny. And everyone was super nervous when yeah. she started. I love that. Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway sassy uh moan i gotta have you back on because i would I've, love to uh, be back i i wanted you to like me too much so i talk too much no so, i mean i so, i love talking uh, to other women who are yeah, who have great things to, to say i'm like i could have tea with you all afternoon <laughs> it could happen it could happen so hey rangers uh so we've been talking with sassy mohan m-o-h-e-n and it's s-a-s-s why sassy mm -hmm. so go to sassymohan.com it's how to hack birth control is mm -hmm. the indie film sassymohan.com will have uh 
information about it for mm-hmm. sure at sassy bowen films on facebook at sassy bowen on the instagram and uh thank you yeah. so much for doing the show thank you so much for having me and letting me dork out about all of these amazing movies i mean this is like a dream a dream conversation to have. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty great and rangers <laughs> you know the rules out there take care of each other my hat my hat my hat they're dancing around my hat <laughs> My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?